Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU in review podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training within your organization. This podcast is brought to you by HRDQU.com. And I am your host, Sarah, learning events manager at HRDQU. And today I have Megan Torrens joining me to discuss the webinar, Be the Change, Implementing Agile on the LND Team. I had a great time collaborating with Megan on this event. She's a light to connect with, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from her today. So Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. This is cool. So let's get things started here. Can you just let people know a little bit about yourself and who you are? Sure thing. So um, I am the CEO and founder at Torrance Learning, and uh, we actually just celebrated this year our twentieth uh, birthday. As a wow, company. congratulations! Yeah, it's kind of kind of cool, right? It sounds so adulty. <laughs> um, but um, we 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 do a full stack of of learning services from learning strategy uh, to custom design and development. Uh, we have off the shelf design and development. We do uh, LMS and platform and ecosystem support all the way to data and analytics. And along the way, we do professional development for our peers in the space to uh, help them do all the same things. So um, it, it, it ends up being really fun. So it means my role, I get to dabble in all of the above. And uh, at the same time, I also get to run the business, which is also super fun um, and, and build careers and, and connect with clients and, and all. So um, yeah, keep sounds control. really, it sounds really exciting. It sounds really like a really fulfilling, a really fulfilling job to have. It is. And so my favorite question to ask all of my guests that join me are what changes do you see happening in the LND space right now? I'm sure everybody has said artificial intelligence. Huh? Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes right? um, you can't, you can't, um, you know, listen to a podcast, look at LinkedIn, um, walk outside of your door without somebody saying artificial intelligence. So yes, that's happening. Um, and, and actually one of the things that we're looking at um, at the same time that we're supporting our clients and building our own tool set uh, and software set at Torrance Learning um, to, to, to build AI in, we're also looking at um, what I'm calling wise AI, right? How do we do this smart, inclusively, safely and, um, and, and, and with equity and, and equitably. And so really taking a look at some of those hard um, implementation decisions. And that's part of what we did when we were in the, with the, the webinar last week um, was around, right, how do I actually do it? And mm-hmm. do it right. Uh, the other thing that I'm seeing happening, it's really interesting in this space, um, and it had started before the AI, the current AI wave, right? AI has been around for decades, but the current AI wave, um, is more around data and analytics. And um, it was something that people were very, very hungry for. I wrote a book on data and analytics for instructional design. Um, you, I have an HRDQU webinar coming up in January on that. I'm really excited. Uh, but interestingly, for example, ATD and their capability model did some some formative assessments and asked people about their skills across their entire capability model. And one of the things that was really, really lacking, and the more people that take the assessment, the more pronounced this effect is, is their skill set around data and analytics. So um, ATD is very interested in it. The Learning Guild is very interested in it. We're just doing a um, Jason Hegg, Meg Fairchild, and I are doing a research report on data and analytics and who's using it. And we're finding not as many people are using 
the data that they have mm-hmm. and they want more data, right? Um, <laughs> a, a, as they want to. So this is a big area of growth. So I think if I were to look at those two things, AI and data, right? You need data to do AI and data about your AI. AI can help you with your data, right? There's a big kind of teching up of the space mm-hmm. at the same time that we're also seeing that face-to-face and human-to-human connection is so much more powerful. So this is a fantastic time to be in this business. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. You can imagine. And, and from your research and your experience working with your clients, you know, how do you see organizations and professionals addressing the skills gap in the data and technology within the L&D space that's there? Well, and I think that's that's big, right? So there, there's a lot of um, interest. It's interesting. So this is fall conference season, right? Mm-hmm. Fall conference season is we're recording this. I am in Columbus for the the Central Ohio ATD conference, and then you know it, it just it starts. This, yeah. this is it. And conference providers are and 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 content providers are all looking at mm-hmm. how do we um, get this word out how do we get the education out so um, all of our usual professional development spaces are stepping into that um, I think that there's a ton right so data literacy is something that is part of the 21st century soft skills skill set it's mm-hmm. been around for a decade, right? This isn't anything new. And the cool thing is, is that um, there are lots and lots of learning programs and and opportunities out there uh, for people to take advantage of, even if they're not specific to L&D. Very similar, right? I've been saying this with the XAPI thing for, for years now. Um, every function in our business has better data than we do. Mm-hmm. So go and find those other functions and how they learn it and, and borrow those people. So there's there's tons out there. And at two, two I'm near and dear to. One is QuantHub, um, really cool tool, um, something you can bring in for your whole company, but it's a, a, a personalized, curated set of um, micro-learning opportunities around data and analytics. Um, and uh, I'm a facilitator at Equinel. We have a fantastic um kind of introductory data science um, and, and basic analytics set of, of certificates. So there's there's lots of opportunities. And before we get into more of the specifics and the content of the webinar that we did, can you share what exciting things you're currently up to next? Um, well, so one I mentioned was conference season. So conference season is, uh, and the fall conference season is jam-packed, and it's really cool to see all the providers doing really cool things. So that's that's coming up. Um, and so uh, I'll be at Training Magazine. Um, I mentioned Central Ohio, be at, at Nebraska's uh, uh, two-day conference. They, d- they do a big conference. Um, I'll be at the Neuroleadership Summit in New York City, DevLearn, which will be like completely over the top for me. I've got a two-day workshop on Agile Project Management for Instructional Design, a one-day XAPI user conference. So like... And that's just through October, right? So it's it's really, really busy this fall. Um, So frequent flyer miles, that's in my future. Uh, Lots and lots of frequent flyer miles. Um, And then we're doing our, like we're we're building AI into our learning experiences and using that as kind of like what we've always done with our XAPI work. We're using our work as a work out loud opportunity. Right. So um, we have the opportunity. We'll have uh, actually a demo of, of this uh, at DemoFest at DevLearn. Uh, 
where we are um, using AI as a, a coach and uh, but doing it in a way that doesn't take out the human expertise. Mm-hmm. So it's not AI directly. There's experts behind it. Um, and, and, and that I think is really important. So those things are, are, are big and exciting. Um, we're starting a couple of um, regular newsletters, one on implementing Agile and the other one on implementing and, and the wise use of AI. So lots of things going on. Wow, it sounds like you're a really busy but exciting uh, next few months coming up to cruise us through the end of the year. <laughs> I have a hard time saying no. <laughs> <laughs> and so we recently did this webinar together on implementing Agile in the L&D team. And can you share what the key takeaways were for registrants at, a, at that event for an overview, a summary for any folks that maybe didn't get to, to join us during that webinar? Yeah, I think, you know, Sarah, there's two big things, right? And one was... <laughs> the reason for the webinar itself, right? And and the impetus for the webinar, which is how do I implement it, right? Mm -hmm. It's great. Agile's wonderful. That's fantastic. Everybody uses it. Um, it, It's an opportunity for us in L&D to follow on the momentum that the software teams at work have. Um, But how do I do it? So you can't just train people and poof, you can go off and do it. And so um, this webinar was a big piece around, you know, the change management, the stakeholder management, the team support, right? So it's not just managing externally, it's managing your team and that change. So that was a big piece there in addition to getting the right tools and processes in place. Um, the, the other piece of it um, and the other big takeaway was around how do you get started, right? Mm-hmm. What's the right first project to do this with? And, um, and, and that's really important. And there's multiple right answers. I live in a world in which multiple there are multiple right answers. It's how you decide and how you execute on that that make the difference. And so um, we talked about um, it, sometimes it makes sense to go with a big, splashy project. Go big. You've got lots of resources. You've got lots of support. You've got lots of attention. And um, you can call in those chips, like, hey, I'm on the big project. I need this, right? And um, and that can be a really, really good way to do that. Um, the other is with a small project and almost under the radar, right? When you say, hey, you know what? We're not even going to talk about, we're not going to put a name on it. We're just going to start doing it, right? And, and, and we're going to start doing the things, experiencing the benefits before we go out in public with it. Uh, 15 years ago, when I was start, first using Agile, I, I had one project. It was a crisis project. Um, the client knew that they were asking for something unreasonable. And they said, whatever it takes to make this happen. Like, this sounds like a great project. I had another client who's like, hey, don't rock the boat. Love what you do. Don't change it. And we're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we're drowning here. We're drowning. And right. Um, and he's like, that sounds way too touchy, feely and weird and flexible. And we need rules around here. And so we said, great, we won't do this agile thing. So what we did was we started using some of the pieces of agile. And we just called it something that we called it continuous improvement. We called it about, you know, flexibility. We talked about, we talked about it in different ways, but it was absolutely agile techniques. So there's, there's multiple ways of doing that. And it's, it's been interesting. We've created a, um, called the leaders of llama learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and we bring folks together. We bring leaders of these teams together and to talk about these issues. And it's, it's 
all the same things that you do and all the techniques and the mindsets of Agile with the leadership component on top of it. And taking care of our leaders and the people that we put a ton of pressure on is really important in all of this too. And for those tuning in and and listening uh, to this episode today, if you have yet to check out the webinar and Megan hasn't convinced you to do so with her overview right there, make sure you check it out. It is linked below um, and she shares so many practical tips that you can use to implement Agile into your your day to day. So and during this session, Megan, you ran an assessment, which was a really cool addition to the webinar to help people identify their own team's readiness and gaps for using Agile. And what did you find? Yeah, so the the, the assessment was was fascinating, right? Um, it was, uh, I, I was actually using Agile. I was trying out something new and seeing how it would work with actual users. Um, and and, and uh, the assessment from Yerbo ended up working out really, really well, right? So it's, it's, we found a couple things, right? The key barriers to Agile and to implementing it are um, around change management, Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and are your stakeholders ready for it? And is your team ready for it? And Agile is one of those things. It's cool. All the cool kids are doing it. Um, it's something that a lot of people get very excited. It's hard to say no to. And yet it also starts to shake at some of the core of how people have become successful in their careers. Right. And so Opening up to welcoming that change throughout the project comes some, sometimes feels scary to people. And so that was one of the things we saw in the assessment was just that that change management was, cool, was important. But then also tool sets. People felt like they didn't have the tools that they needed to be able to manage their projects at scale. Um, and there's lots. I mean, the market is full of project management tools these days. Right. Um, and there's agile tools there for, for software. There are lots and lots of just regular project management tools that are fantastic. And then there's project management tools specific to L&D. And um, all of those are important to be able to manage at scale, especially in a distributed environment. But it's not just your project management tools. Like all of your tools and templates that you use in instructional design have to be um, set up to use in an agile way. Right? And how do you set up your templates, your project planning agendas, your, your every day in order to make doing Agile easy mm-hmm. or easier? And so I'd love for you to dig more into the tools thing a bit. You've expressed how much you love love tools and how they're so beneficial to, to your day to day. What kind of tools are needed? So, I mean, let's let's talk about project management tools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so any, you know, a team at scale, right? And, and here's the interesting thing. Right? Uh, Agile itself was, a, was built for the software development space. And in software, teams of five to eight people work on the same project for months at a time. One project. And if you're an L&D person, you're listening to this, you're thinking that is like, a completely different planet than what I live on, right? A typical L&D team has, you know, anywhere from three to 20 to 40 people on it. And they are all, each person is doing between three and six projects sometimes, which means the entire team has dozens of projects that are being managed and resources and handoffs and waiting period. So a really solid project management tool is going to be essential. Uh-uh. In the early days of Torrance Learning, we used index cards and cork boards, 
we were on the same place and it worked until we started getting a lot of projects and started spreading some of our resources across projects, right? So then we moved to Trello, which was free at the time, which was also <laughs> awesome um, and pretty lightweight and had a, a lightweight learning curve. And as you get bigger and more complex and things are changing more often, you need something a little bit more robust. So, um, and there's lots of options, um, lots of options for software. Um, and so I know people who are using Monday, um, I know people who are using Asana, Rike, ClickUp, our own team uses ClickUp. Um, and then there's Cognota that is actually designed for L&D projects, um, which is kind of interesting and cool. And they, they automate some things. So talking about like putting those, which, which kind of gets me to my next set of tools, which is around those templates. Right. Um, and cause Cognota has some of those built in. Um, but even, um, you know, how do you create a regular set of working materials that acknowledge that things are going to change, that welcome change into the project in an orderly fashion, in a way in which we can talk about it? And how do you manage the reporting of your schedule and your budget and those conversations that you have on a regular basis? One of the big things that um, I'm really excited about is an agile retrospective where the team reflects on how the team is working, right? So you can get, uh, how is the product? How's this course? Is it, is it accurate? Is it on time? Is it, is, do people love it? Right. All that, that's super important. But um, when we're, we're the, the retrospective, which despite its name, we actually have the retrospective on a regular <laughs> basis, right? It's not just at the end. Um, and um, the that that helps the team talk about how are we working together and um, what improvements do we need to build in that we can start using right now so we don't wait until after the project's done to, to get some of that benefit of learning. So go figure, the learning team <laughs> is actually learning while building. It's very meta. <laughs> and during the webinar, you mentioned learning together as a team was important, which I can imagine now in, uh, in a world that we've become so remote has become even few and far between. What have you seen, you know, when people do learn as a team, what happens? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And like if I do like the big two-day Agile Precon certificate at DevLearn and a team comes together, I'm like, great, you all sit together, right? Um, <laughs> or I'll do custom workshops where I go out to a place and they bring in 10, 25, 45 people, right? We're all, you know, it's it's just them, just them in the room. Um, there's something really amazing. And whether it's online or in person, there's something amazing when they can learn together because they instantly Making those connections, and you can you can see or or look in the chat and see um, people making connections. They're literally translating what I'm what what I'm teaching and what they're learning into their day job right away. In fact, the mm -hmm. workshop is actually designed so that you work on your own case. You don't work on my case, right? So you work on your own case. I've had people literally redesign their programs in the workshop, um, and and have these aha moments, which is fantastic. So um, it means your, your, your learning transfer distance is super short, right? But what I also love is when we bring in cross-functional teams, right? So I had one group that had not only their instructional designers, but they brought their subject matter experts in. Wow. And then they had a session for their sponsors. And what it was enabled everybody to do was to come together and start thinking about 
how do we make these connections together? How do we work better together in the workshop? It's this entire layer of activity that happens on top of just the workshop that is super amazing. I've even had, I had one team do, um, they had a, a very strong agile software culture and the learning team wanted some of that action. They knew and they tried, right? They tried to do what the software folks were doing. And they're like, this doesn't make any sense for our work, <laughs> right? And and the software team was like, just try harder, right? And um, it just wasn't working. So they brought me in. But what we did was we had one of the software pro- team project managers sit into the L&D team's course. And so he and I were translating. And I would then translate back. Like we were having these two conversations that really pre-set up that implementation in the room. I was so impressed because that organization had a commitment to getting it right. And it was so powerful. So super cool things when people come together that cross-functional and you're learning together as a team. Um, it is just one of my delights in my job is watching that happen. Wow. That sounds amazing. And so, you know, what are the benefits that you're seeing when people adopt agile? It's it, it, there's a great CIO.com uh, article from a few years ago. It's this, this huge list, right? Better software, faster, cheaper, ha- happier people, happier stakeholders, right? All sorts of things. When I see it happening in L and D, um, I'm, I'm, you know, agile isn't. It's so funny. People ask me, well, if, will I be faster with agile? And I have other people who say, well, wait a minute, all those iterations, it seems like it's got to take forever to get a project out. Agile doesn't promise to be faster or slower or cheaper or more expensive. The the two things that are going for you with Agile um, that do get you faster and less expensive is a much more transparent and explicit set of communication. And um, that is it, it just inherently faster, right? At the same time, because you're checking in along the way with actual users as you go, you're far more likely to deliver what actually works as opposed to spending six months delivering something and then it doesn't work. That is slow and expensive. I don't care if you're on time and in budget. If it doesn't work, it was pointless. And so um, that's one of the things that, that we're seeing Um we're also seeing people who feel much more connected and engaged in their work and happier. And as we're, most of us are living in a disconnected world. I mean, we're connected. We're connected on our devices, but we're sitting mm-hmm. by ourselves, right? At, at home, I'm sitting by myself in a hotel right now. Um, you know, like the, the we're, we're disconnected on a regular basis. Um, and so, the ways in which we communicate need to be deliberate and, and, and as constant and friction-free as possible. And Agile has some of that already baked into it, um, which is, is, is key. Um, and I also, I feel like there's some power in reducing the amount of emotional drama and even trauma mm-hmm. that happens around change. People get very, very wrapped around the axle when things change. And I totally get it, right? Because it's unsettling to us and our sense of, of stasis as human beings. If your sense of stasis is wrapped around an environment in which you know it's changing 
And your job is to change with it as opposed to trying to throttle and stop change. Um, you have that, uh, you, you take all the emotional energy you would have put into complaining about or stopping the change and put that into, all right, this is the direction we're going. Let's do it. Because people aren't trying to change your projects just to make your life miserable. Yeah. Right? Really, really, honestly, and truly, they're not trying to make your life miserable. They're trying to make the work better, mm-hmm. which is what we're all about. Yeah. And, and one of the questions that came in during the webinar was around how you support the team when a late change comes in from the business. How do you do that? That's, and that's hard, right? Because right, our very best team members really care about their work. And so when a change comes in, it's really, it can be emotionally painful, right? And so I think there's, there's two levels and there's multiple levels, right? But I think one is like, how do you support that person, right? And, and create an environment of, of psychological safety around which change to the work doesn't mean that the person is bad. And at the same time, the person feeling that just because I'm frustrated about this change doesn't mean I'm bad or my work is bad. It's just different, right? Something different was needed. And so that's that, that, that the, the leader's job in managing that is really, really important. Leaders can't do that. Actually, hold on to that thought. The other thing is that the leader's role in this is also to help manage the business's expectation, right? And so the source of the change may be to, 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 to help either education or um, collaboration or negotiation about what we're actually doing, right? So if something's releasing on Monday and a late change comes in on Friday, how do we have that conversation with the business about what's reasonable? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and, and you know what we make it, sometimes we make it so easy. It looks so amazing. The work that we create that people don't realize how many hours it takes to do it and to do it right. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the other layer that I wanted to come back to here is that leaders need to take care of themselves in order to have the capacity to take care of their teams. And so as a leader to be able to create your own environment of psychological safety, of self-compassion, of self-care and managing your own burnout and capacity helps you manage somebody else's. So if you're fried and like freaking out because and 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 freaking out on the, the, the inside, numb on the outside because of all the stresses in your life, when a team member comes to you and they need your support, you don't have it left to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Megan, before we wrap up our conversation today, where can listeners go to learn more about your work? Um, All sorts of places. So (laughs) conferences. So if folks are out at conferences, absolutely. Um, uh, We've got a bunch of resources at torrentslearning.com. So um, there's there's access actually to the the, the workshop I've talked about. Um, There's access to the the leaders group that I've talked about. and, um, and, and, and all sorts of other good, good stuff. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That's a fantastic place to find me. And, um, we've actually got booths at, at conferences coming up. So, um, I actually love to meet people in person. So if anybody's going to be out this fall, uh, find me or, uh, on LinkedIn. Great. Well, make sure to be on the lookout for Megan at the conferences that are upcoming this fall. I'm sure she'll be there with everything, all of the events she has coming up. And thank you so much, Megan, for your time today. This has been fantastic to chat and great to catch up. Thanks, Sarah. 
And thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQU in review podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you did enjoy today's episode, please share it, give us a follow, leave us a review. It really does help us uh, continue to share this content out to you every week. And with that, I will see you all next week.